It is great to be here and to be able to talk about this word, delight. If you can hear me, say delight. Delight, delight. yes, yes, the word delight. If you have your Bibles um, or if you would like to open up a physical Bible, there's some on the back walls to your left and to your right. And in a few moments, it will be on the screen. We will be in Psalm 1, the first number of Psalm um, verses 1 through 3, a little bit of 4, but mostly 1 through 3. Don't worry, I'll read it to you before I jump in. Before I jump in, um, I want to talk about the word entertainment. Do you know what I did earlier this morning? I googled the word entertainment. And to my surprise, as I look up this word, and they have this etymology or the origin or where the word came from, I learned that it's a French origin, it's a French word, and it, at the end of the day, means, and I can't pronounce anything in French, but it means to hold or to keep, to hold or to keep. And that made me think, shoot, what am I entertained by? Because that probably means that it keeps my attention or it holds me glued to it. And I started taking some inventory and I'll share some of the things that came to my mind just to get your mental juices flowing here. I love feel good movies. You know, like those like out of the ashes type pursuit of happiness type movies, love them. Crazy thing was, when I was a kid, it's all started a long time ago, I absolutely loved romantic comedies. <laughs> I know, you're like, loser. <laughs> hey, they were good movies. Julia Roberts was awesome, okay? <laughs> you know, uh, shucks, I kissed Dating Goodbye. You know, I just love those little movies, you know? When I was a kid, not anymore, though, I'm manly now. I like, uh, you know, Braveheart and Troy. You know, I like those tough guy movies too. My, my latest obsession for the past decade has, has been the NBA playoffs. I can't focus. Like when the NBA playoffs are on, that whole month and a half or whatever, this, this time right now, I'm just glued. It holds me. It captivates me. It keeps my attention. It's like it just arrests me. I can't, I can't go. I can't, I can't leave. My wife's like, are you listening to me? And I'm like, ram, 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 because I'm so focused. Question, question, question for you. What's entertaining to you? What captivates you? What holds you? What, what keeps your attention? What do you delight in? What do you think is just awesome? It's just amazing. In just a few moments, I'm going to read... In context, what the word delight means. In the Bible, I'm going to read what this idea of delighting in God or enjoying God or being hailed or kept or, or in a very French way, entertained by God. <laughs> it says in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. 
throughout Psalms, especially this is like the first Psalm. So, so throughout the book of Psalms, you will see this contrast and compare deal, right? It's like, like black on this side, white on this side, like up on this side, down on this side, like sun, moon, like all these opposites. And, and, and the writer does that to further drive their point home. Well, right here in the text, it uses words like walks, stands, sits. There's another three pair or, or, or three group here, counsel, way, and seat. And then, and then there's another uh, 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 three-word uh, group here, wicked, sinners, and scoffers. It's, 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 it's almost like my grandmama used to say, and I say this all the time to my kids, first you start lying, then you start stealing, then you start killing, you know. My grandma was extreme, you know. She's... <laughs> God rest her soul. She didn't, and me and my mom picked it up too. But, but, but in this text, <laughs> in this text, sorry, mom, in, in this text, you can kind of see it goes from bad to worse. The slippery slope of depravity or, 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 or getting further into sin. And then the writer surprisingly doesn't give you a list to do. The writer will contrast from all this bad stuff, basically getting advice or listening to people that don't want to have anything to do with eternal or beautiful or lovely or awesome or positive or even bigger than all of that, God himself. Instead of listening to those people, it suggests, not that you do this long list of stuff, but that you simply delight in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And then it explains the benefits of delighting or enjoying God. God as your number one. He, whoever does this, is like a tree who planted by the rivers of water. And not just any tree planted, but this tree produces, produces fruit. Why in the world should you care about this talk right now? I can hear you. That's what you're saying. You're like, bro, that was great. Good reading, dude. But why should I care? Why does this matter to me? What does this have to do with Monday? Or what does this have to do with Tuesday? Or what does this have to do with my summer? You know, what does this have to do with work? Or what does this have to do with my life or my relationships? Well, I'll answer your very blunt and, and, and just aggressive question like this. It's a great question. I'll answer it for you because I can hear you. Matthew chapter 6 can do it better than I can. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, is, there your heart will be also. Simply put, whatever holds you controls you. I'll say it again. I like that. Whatever holds you controls you. Whatever captivates your attention more than anything else, above everything else, whatever's your go-to, that you know what your go-to is, whatever it is. I don't know, and the person next to you doesn't ultimately know, but you know, whatever it is. Whatever holds you, whatever captivates you, whatever entertains you, ultimately, at its highest point, your number one, 
controls you. If you are what you eat, how much more are you what you treasure, what you desire, what you really, 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 really want to do? When I was a kid, I used to hate when my mom would say, it's time to do the dishes. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do the dishes. And in my mind, I just felt like I was going to melt and die, you know, just like, like the dishwater was just going to swallow my hands and just, just melt them away. It's like, oh, the dishes. They had three boys, and, and as soon as we left the house, all three boys, I was the youngest of three boys, as soon as we left the house, guess what they did? bought a dishwasher. I said, dad, what's up? Why you buy the dishwasher? He's like, well, my three dishwashers left. <laughs> That's cold, man. That's, that is cold. <laughs> what is it that truly holds, that, that demands your attention? Here's another good question. Is that enjoyment your highest God-given satisfaction? Verses that further push this reality of enjoyment and delight. Psalm 42 and 1, as the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 16, in your presence there is fullness of joy. The Lord is my portion. We actually just saw one of these amazing texts in Psalm 100. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. 23rd number of Psalms is, is another beautiful one. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Psalm 32, be glad in the Lord. My favorite, Psalm 34, oh, taste and see. If you're a Jesus follower, this is probably doing something for you, that the Lord is good. I like this part. Happy, blessed, envied of, super cool are you. When you put your trust not in these loser things, but you put your trust in something that can hold the weight of your faith. Be careful. Old guy, young guy, middle-aged guy. Be careful. Young man, young lady, seasoned saints, all of you and me, be careful. When you, when I, when we put our trust, put our delight, put our deepest, most, most intense longing into something that cannot hold it. What is it like to delight in God? It's a great question. Somebody's probably asking it right now. All right, cool, I get it. It's kind of a big deal. All right, I am what I eat. 
I am what my heart just, just longs for. It, if, if it's such a big deal to me, then it's going to control the way I think and, and, and what I do, and I'm going to kind of reorient my day around it. It's like, you know, my, one, of, one of my sons, they love Power Rangers, so like his whole day is like controlled, like shaped around Power Rangers. It's like, I'm going to eat while watching Power Rangers. I'm going to sleep and sneak the iPad around Power Rangers. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, in, in the morning, the first thing I think about is where's my Power Ranger guy or, you know, the Red Ranger. He loves the Red Ranger. What's your Power Ranger? That'll preach. What do you reorient, reshape, redesign, fit your schedule, your agenda around? What is it like to delight in God? I would ask my son or I would ask you, what is it like to delight in your husband or your best friend or your wife or your girlfriend or your kid? Your grand- what is it like to delight, to take pleasure in, to desire to be around that particular thing or person or individual? or relationship. What does it mean to desire pizza? What does it mean to delight in or to enjoy pizza? Well, I can hear what some of you guys are saying. You eat it, dude. You, you find a restaurant that's got cheese and, and, and dough and, 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 and pepperoni or, or whatever you like and, and, and you make sure it's warm and, and you eat it. Sometimes it's cold and you eat it. Some of you guys might say you eat it slowly. You savor it. You try to taste it. That's pretty basic. How do you enjoy a ribeye? How do you delight in a relationship with the person next to you? How do you get to know them? How do you pull them further in and they pull you further in? How does that happen? Well, it's very similar to our relationship with God. But for some reason, we get all weird when it comes to things of God. It's like, well, bro, I don't really know what it means to delight in God. Like, that's, that's super weird. It's like mystical. It's like out there. It's like extraterrestrial, you know. It's like, woo, enjoy God. Like, what does that mean? I can't really sink my teeth into it. I, I can't really wrap my mind around it. If I can push on that for a second, we serve. I don't know about you, but I literally serve. I live for, I walk with, I, I, I want to know a true personal God. I don't, I don't believe in a, a distant, mystical, weird, ghost-like God. And scripture bears that out. Like all throughout scripture, we see that we worship, we serve according to the Bible. The God of the Bible is very personal, extremely personal. Pleasure in God is, is satisfaction in a person. It's not an idea. It's, it's, it's not some distant belief. For, for, for all eternity, there, there has always been something. There's always been some type of beginning. Let me see if I can make this come alive just a little bit more. 
if you can help me out here, turn on your thinking caps, turn them on for a second, and imagine this scenario. Say it's your closest friend's birthday, and you bring them a gift, and you say, surprise! It's, it's something you spent tons of money on, right? It's like a big deal. It's like, oh my gosh, like the best gift ever for your friend. And your friend sees the gift and they're like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't have. That was great. Oh man, why did you do this? And you say, I have no clue why I did this. I paid too much money for it. I, it took me too long to find. And the only reason why I did it is because I wanted to check a box. How would that make you feel if you were that friend? Would it feel like super intimate and close and personal or would it feel like kind of manufactured and fake? Here's the opposite. Say it's your closest friend's birthday and you bring them a gift. It's a massive gift. It's a super big deal. And they see the gift and they're like, oh my gosh, huh, you shouldn't have. It was just beautiful. It's just, this is great. I don't deserve this. And why did you do this? And, and you say, I know. I wanted to do more than this. But this is the best I could possibly do to express how much you matter to me. You mean the world to me. And, and I couldn't wait to get you this gift. I wanted to do something bigger and more, but this is the very best that I could get for you. In our heart of hearts, that's our expectation. If he or she, if they're truly good friends, we expect something sincere and intimate and personal. We don't expect a manufactured, phony, check-the-box type relationship. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. For the, I see your head shaking. Yeah. Yeah. But for some strange reason, when it comes to the things of God, I'll just put myself out there. It is so manufactured sometimes. It's not this personal, I'm after you, I wanna know you, I wanna surround my day, I wanna surround my day just around who you are, like you are the supreme power ranger, like you, you are what I wake up in the morning think of, thinking about, you are what I go to bed thinking about, you are my deepest, like, like, like realest, most authentic desire. Question on the table. Is this some distant thought? Is God some distant, is Jesus some distant being that you truly don't know personally, but it's just some cool moral stuff. It's like some cool Jesus biblical principles that you like. And so you try to do your best to be a good person and do the right thing. <laughs> or is it real to you? Can you feel it? Is it something that you're sinking your teeth in on a regular basis? Psalm 34, oh, taste and see that the Lord is, not might be, is good. If I can push it just a little further, the scripture says that as you delight in 
this instruction or this truth or the word of God, as you delight in that, it draws you into this desire to meditate day and night. Here's a question. Here's a question on the table. It's a big question. It's going to blow your mind. Big question. What's consuming your thoughts? What do you think about all the time? Somebody's like, macaroni, man. Love macaroni. <laughs> what consumes your thoughts? What, what, what are you working so hard to do or to get or to be? What is all of this for? Is it for something that is eternal, that's going to last forever, forever, ever, forever, ever? Or is it something that's going to last for a short moment, and then you're going to have to fill it all over again? But his delight is in the word, the law of the Lord. And in the law of the Lord, he meditates. He can't, she, she can't help but think about the word of God. She can't help but listen to the word of God. Now, here's the question. How in the world do you do this? Like, this is, that sounds great, man, but, but how, how does this work? Some of you guys are saying, I desire to, to desire God, but, you know, NBA playoffs, it just consumes me. And then when my team loses, it just like changes my whole, I'm just, I'm testifying right now. It just changes my whole evening. I know, I know there's, there's nothing wrong with the playoffs. I know it's great. That's, you know, something that God created and, 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 it's, and he's created it for me to enjoy it. But, but, but sometimes it gets out of hand. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't point me to my ultimate joy. It stops at the earthly, temporary, LeBron James had a good game, I'm up. LeBron James had a bad game, I'm down. <laughs> You know, kicking the dog that I don't have and, and kicking the garbage can. You know, just mad. I'm mad. I'm picking on myself just so you won't say ouch too much. <laughs> Romans chapter 1, verse 25. I absolutely love this passage. It says, Romans 1, actually I should go a little further back. For although they knew God, verse 21 they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. Romans 1 will blow your mind. Whew. They became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise, know-it-alls, smarter than God. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. <laughs> they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. This is big, hold your breath, <laughs> and worshiped and served the, crea the, the, the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. They put creature before creator. They, they put gift before giver. When, when we delight in things, does it ever get out of line to such a way that I stop thinking about who gave the gift and I make a God out of the gift? Do you know what that's led to in my own life? Because that temporal, short-lived, 
unreliable little Power Ranger-like thing. No disrespect to Power Rangers. But because that little thing was not strong enough to hold all of my trust and all of my emotion and all of my feeling, when it let me down, and it will, I became super sad, bro. (laughs) I felt like I wasn't a winner. I felt like I couldn't move forward because what I had all of my trust and all of my hope in, it let me down. I was delighting ultimately in the wrong thing. Scripture begs, pleads with you, delight in the Lord because he's able to hold your deepest satisfaction, your deepest desire. I say this all the time, and I have to push it like this. This makes it really real for me. The first year, two years, three years of my marriage were terrible because I put all of my trust in this romantic comedy idea that I had of marriage, and it broke my heart. It looked nothing like a Julia Roberts movie. It grew me up, man. It was like, hey, she's awesome, she's great, but there's something greater. And when the greater has your heart, you can love freely. When the greater has your heart, not your duty, not your check boxes, but, but when God has your deepest satisfaction, oh man. Scripture says, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You want to talk about security? You want to talk about being solid? You want to talk about not being tossed by the waves and the wind, by people picking on you? You want to talk about being secure in something that will hold you? His name is Jesus. Planted by the rivers of water, and out of that, it will produce fruit. Where we've gotten it wrong is we've become pretending trees. That's producing pretending fruit. Because we're more concerned about how we look and not so much about the desires of our hearts, like loving God. Just like the greatest commandment ever. It's like love the Lord, your God, with your actions and your duties. No, love, love God with your heart, with your soul, 